0: welcome to the crack house chronicles your favorite true crime podcast i am donnie and with me is a man who is considered a hero because he just saved a beer that was trapped in the refrigerator it's dale <laughs> it will suffocate me yeah you got i'm you a d- hero of the people you gotta save the beer man gotta crack it open man you got to <laughs> let it out yeah <laughs> let him free let him free yep what's going on dude oh same old same old how about yourself the same old same old do i say that every time
1: I think we say it all the time. <laughs> I think we say it every time. It's probably true, though, isn't it? Isn't it
0: not? Yeah, we always do the same old, same old stuff.
1: Yeah. Same yeah. old, same old's pretty good, though. It, is. it, it is works, works for us, If it? you can do
0: that, then you're doing good.
1: Yeah. At least it's not the same old, new old. Yeah. <laughs> the the unsame. This or that. The, the different, new, different, new. Yeah. How about that?
0: Yeah. Okay. I'll go with that. <laughs> you got any shout-outs, dude?
1: Man, I got a few here, and I'll try to take my time, because I usually just blow through this, but... I was thinking about the other day, you know, this is probably a really important part of the show because if it wasn't for these folks, who would we be?
0: We wouldn't be here.
1: That's right. So, what the hell. Anyway, first off, I'd like to give a little shout-out to our friend 909Lena on uh, YouTube, man. She left us a really cool comment on the Al-Kite case, and it's pretty lengthy, so I think I'll just post that on her page and then uh, let you guys read it. But, Man, it was really awesome, and I appreciate taking the time to type all that out, because uh, that means a lot. Yep. It was pretty cool. Also, is that my heavy breathing going? I know. i making somebody happy. Anyway, <laughs> we got a uh, five-star. 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 Five yeah. I thought, man, you got, my fix, you got my effects pedal yet? Nah.
0: Damn it. I got the effects pedal. I'm going to work on that.
1: Anyway, it says, addicted, with a bunch of exclamation points. And it's, uh, I'm addicted to crack, dot, 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 house chronicles. Love listening to you guys. Look forward to each new episode. And that comes from Tracy G. in Gaston County, North Carolina. Tracy G. Her her handle is uh, nana22gr8kids. So I guess that's nana22greatkids. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Pretty cool. We appreciate that. Thank you so much. And we appreciate that five-star.
0: We do appreciate it.
1: Yeah, we got a couple more here because I'd like to give a shout-out to our friends in our uh, they are also a North Carolina podcast called Enmeshed, and that's E-N-M-E-S-H-E-D. And that's uh, Pam and Amanda, and they've been giving us a lot of love, so we thought we would uh, return a favor.
0: We do appreciate it.
1: So you guys go over and check them out and see what you think about their podcast. One more thing on the little dog here. I'd like to say we really appreciate uh, on our fan page, I think we have some uh, unofficial official greeters, and I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, Stephanie Boehm. I hope that's right. If I didn't say it wrong, you butcher, if I butchered it, you let me know. Boehm and to uh, debbie crumb and it seems like uh anytime we welcome uh new new folks into the page you guys are right there to jump on it and welcome them on in and uh we appreciate that
0: yeah we do appreciate it people
1: we like to uh, you get some interaction going on in the page and have a lot of fun there mm-hmm. so, yeah. so, so thanks a lot
0: and it seems like everybody's hitting the apple podcast more and leaving a review yeah man and if anybody wants to continue to do that by all means hit it and we'll, we'll give you a shout out yeah it'd be cool man
1: yep if we could run on up some other places and be good like we are in south africa
0: yeah and if anybody wants to order <laughs> anything off the store page yeah, get you a man. t-shirt and support the crack house
1: yeah you might want to order your hoodie it's getting
0: that time it is getting cooler that's
1: right yeah getting fair time around here
0: mm-hmm. and fall is in the air
1: yeah when it gets fair weather you know what that means that means like a county fair not fair to whatever fair to middle
0: yeah <laughs> yeah it's, Yeah, the county fair so that By means the
1: time it rolls in uh, the cool weather comes in
0: and rain hits
1: yeah
0: it always rains during <laughs> it's fair time it always rains
1: yeah, so he's stand in the mud and parked a few cars. That's it. That's right. All right.
0: Other than that, dude, we're going to get into our case this week, man. Right
1: then. Right, so you got something about the Simpsons today, right?
0: Yeah. No, not really. But oh, it's a diff-
1: different Springfield?
0: Yeah, we're going to yeah. Springfield, Missouri. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and this week, dude, we are talking about the Springfield Three. All right. And this is uh, three ladies that disappeared from Springfield, Missouri. The first one was Cheryl Elizabeth Levitt. Now, she was the mother of one of the girls missing, but Cheryl, she was a cosmetologist, and she was five feet tall, 110 pounds, with short, light blonde hair and brown eyes, and she was born on November the 1st of 1944. Okay. Now, the other one that went missing, her name was Susie Elizabeth Streeter, and she was the daughter of Cheryl. And she was five foot two inches tall, one hundred and two pounds, with shoulder length blonde hair and brown eyes. So we have a mother and daughter. Yep. And she was born on March the ninth of nineteen seventy three. And the other one that missed him was a friend of Susie, and her name was Stacy Kathleen McCall. Mm. And she was five feet three inches tall, one hundred twenty pounds, with long dark blonde hair, light colored eyes, and she was born on April the twenty third. Of 1974. Okay. Dale, our story starts on June the 6th of 1992, and this is when Susie Streeter and Stacy McCall graduated from Kickapoo High School.
1: Is that a Pokemon thing?
0: No, it's in uh, it's a high school there in Missouri. Okay. And it had been reported that uh, Brad Pitt graduated from high school there.
1: Yeah, actually, is uh, they're named after a Native American tribe, I think. Okay or at least after a chief a chief kickpoo or something like that.
0: Yeah. Because uh, the high
1: school mascot is the Chiefs.
0: Very cool. Now, Susie, she was Cheryl's daughter. She was just 19, and she wanted to follow in her mother's footsteps to be a hairdresser. And she had just moved to Springfield and bought a house there, Dale. Mm-hmm. And she had a pretty big clientele of people. She was cutting her hair and styling her hair and stuff. I think she said she had over 200 customers at one time. Yeah, or more, yeah. Yeah. It's a good bit. But Susie wanted to follow in her footsteps. Right. Mm-hmm. I think
1: they moved a while back from Washington State, I believe it was. Yes, Seattle. Yeah, and then uh, they had been there a little while, and I think when they came, it was her and, and uh, not Susie's dad, but another fellow, and then uh, they ended up getting divorced, and that's when she moved to the smaller house. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But she had bought her dream home there in, in a pretty safe part of Springfield, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl's sister described her sister Cheryl as a pretty fierce lady. And she didn't do a lot of half measures in her life. I mean, she done anything, she done it right. But now this was supposed to be one of the happiest times for Susie and Stacy that were graduating from Kickapoo High. Of course. Yeah. You know, they actually used to be real good friends back in grade school. Yes. But they had kinda of grown apart.
1: Well, you know, when you get going through school you kinda hook up with different people and hang out in different groups. Yeah. So I think that's kinda what what happened here.
0: And Susie went with a different crowd and than mm-hmm. Stacy did. Right. So but Susie was the popular girl who dated a bad boy. Ooh. Yeah. But Stacy was the pretty local model who hung out with the goofy crowd and um I think she'd done a little bit of modeling and even worked in a a bridal shop modeling wedding dresses too hmm. there so she was a, a looker as has been described a looker yeah and we will post pictures of these ladies on our social medias dude okay but now they graduated high school on june the 6th of 1992 and the ceremony lasted from about 4 to 6 p.m and after that i think some of them went out to eat and some went out and done different things but stacy and Susie was going to meet up later because, right. because yep. all their friends, they were going to go to some parties that night, and the next day they were going to go to Branson, Missouri to Whitewater. This was a like a theme park, water park type deal. Right. After the parties, they had planned to go ahead and drive to Branson, Missouri. It was about an hour away, and they were going to get a hotel room for that night. Right. And a little bit later, they decided against that.
1: Yeah, her mama didn't want her to do that anyway. I, I that was Stacy's mother. Right. I'm sorry. And uh, I agree with her. I don't think you should be go to a party and hang out all night and then take off and drive 45 minutes. Yeah. You should just wait and go in the morning make exactly. it safe.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, at 10.30 p.m. on June the 6th, this was the night they had graduated, Stacy McCall had called her mother, Janice, to let her know that they were not planning to make the drive to Branson, Missouri, that night. Right. And they decided they would just spend the night at their friend Janelle Kirby's house.
1: Yeah, I think originally they were going to stay where the party was, but then it just got a little wild, so Janelle invited them to come over and stay at her place. Yeah. but When they got over there, I think it was a little crowded because a lot of her uh, relatives had came into town for the graduation, and they were had to sleep on the floor, and they weren't feeling that either.
0: Mm-mm. Yeah, there was a lot of people in that house. These girls decided they would be more comfortable if they just went back to Susie's house. Cause uh, Susie had just got a, a brand new waterbed for as a graduation present. King size too. Yes. Yes. And about 2 a.m., Susie and Stacy told Janelle that they were heading back to Susie's house.
1: Okay, so if we were following their timeline so far, if they shut down the party at 1:40, and then they drove. What was it? 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. said so that's 1:50. So, by the time they got there and her mama, she must have slung that pallet out for them to say, Man, we're going to leave at 2 o'clock because I don't leave it 20 minutes. Yeah. But anyway, I'm just being a stickler over details.
0: Well, it's probably late and she's probably going to get to bed too. So Yeah, so yeah. she
1: slugged it out. here, Go to bed.
0: Yeah, we're going to sleep here. <laughs> but like I said, they headed back to Susie's house because they had that waterbed there. I don't them. But the girls may have had other plans, and their last reported sighting was on Battlefield Road. This was about 10 minutes away from Susie's house at 2.30 a.m. At any rate, they were still going to go to the water park the next day. Correct. Like everybody had planned. And you got to remember, during this time, Dale, there were no cell phones, man. That's right. So you just couldn't just text up somebody or call up somebody. When you made plans, that was pretty much set in stone, and you went ahead with the plans.
1: Yeah, they had told Janelle that, you know, plans are the same. Just uh, we'll get up in the morning, and we'll all head to the water park. Yeah. Because they were all going together.
0: Now back at Susie's house, uh, Cheryl Levitt was there. This is Susie's mom, and that night she was. It was reported that she was doing some, I guess, some things around the house. She'd done a little bit of wallpapering, and she
1: was refinishing a chair or something. Yeah, or yeah.
0: Some, a chair or a dresser or something.
1: Yeah, maybe a dresser. It was a dresser, yeah, yeah. You're right.
0: And she had spoken on the phone to someone, and it had been reported that it was one of her best friends named Val. Yeah. That's what we've been told.
1: That came from uh, an interview with Bart. Yeah. That would be uh, Susie's uh, brother.
0: We'll talk about Bart just a little bit later. Right. Yeah. But uh, they get back to Cheryl's house. And that's when things sort of go a little bit weird, dude.
1: That's kind of when we just kind of lose what's what's going on here.
0: Yeah. Because really nobody knows what happens after that. Yeah. Now, the next morning, this was about 9 a.m., no one can reach Susie or Stacy at the house. At,
1: yeah. Well, at, Janelle said she had made several calls and hadn't gotten any answer from anyone. Mm-hmm. So figured out what the hell's going on here.
0: Yep. So Janelle and her boyfriend Mike, they head over to Cheryl's house. Yes. And it has also been stated that Suzanne's best friend Nigel also made her way over to the house and that she was going to attend the, the water park with all the group. Right. But now, Nigel, she notices that Susie's car is not parked in its usual spot.
1: Yeah, she's a, they said that she was a really a stickler for parking her car. It was almost like a...
0: OCD, OCD kind of thing? thing. Yeah.
1: yeah, for parking. It was always in the same spot in the carport. Yeah. Unless there was another car there, and then it was parked in one other spot, or unless she felt she was going to block her mom out.
0: hmm But they had like a half-circular driveway, mm-hmm. and the two girls... Both drove red vehicles, and they were just pulled up in the circular part of the driveway. Yeah. It was kind of weird. And we, and we got pictures of that, and it, I don't know, it looked like one one of the vehicles is partially on the grass. Yeah. It's very, very weird.
1: Well, it's weird if you always park in the same spot. Otherwise, eh, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, you just whoop in and go in the car, to go in the house. But since it was really made a big deal of her always parking in this one spot, it's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah.
0: But now they get to the house and all the friends, they knock on the door and there's no answer. Correct. And Janelle and Mike, uh, their boyfriend, girlfriend, they notice that the porch light, the, the I guess the globe on the light is shattered and it's glass all over the front porch. Right. Right there at the door. But the... The light bulb still works. Yes. Yeah. But they find a broom outside, evidently, and they sweep up this broken glass. Deal. Yeah, I
1: believe Janelle asked Mike if he'd sweep that up. Yeah, they did find a broom outside. That's yeah. right, yes. And he swept it up and then dumped it, depending on what you where you hear or whatever, it was either over the fence next door or in their dumpster next door.
0: Mm-hmm. So, But anyway, he got rid of the glass.
1: Yes, he cleaned it up.
0: Yeah. And the group, they noticed all three girls – you know, Cheryl Levitt, Susie Streeter, and Stacey McCall, they wasn't nobody at home. They knocked on the door, didn't get any answer at all. Nothing. And then they noticed the door is unlocked.
1: Yeah. I think uh Mike actually just went over and tried to knob and it opened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So they're not getting any of the girls at all. Nobody's answering. So they open the door and don't see anything at all. Nope. They don't you know, there's nothing amiss. The house looks nice. Everything's you know you
1: yeah, open the door and yell nobody comes
0: yeah nothing so they they go in the house dude mm-hmm. and the first thing they notice is uh the dog raising hell yeah the little dog comes out just a barking upset whining cinnamon cinnamon that was yes. the dog's name yeah that's right yeah and the dog just wanted to be held mm-hmm.
1: probably wanted to go outside good been. <laughs> No, I'm not sure, because I think, actually, uh, I think they had a dog door in the backyard, so it probably could go out if it wanted, but I'm not sure. He was freaking out, though, anyway. Yeah. Seemed to be, it was pretty upset about what was going on. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But they are looking around the house and didn't see anything out of sorts or anything.
1: No, but nobody's there.
0: But now, they did notice that all the ladies' pocketbooks were lined up with each other in the living room. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Yep. And they also found that Cheryl, this is the mom, she had nine hundred dollars in her purse and this was i think deposits from her beauty salon that she worked at
1: yeah because she said she worked long hours every day to take care of the family because she was a single mom and if this was a saturday Mm -hmm. she probably had worked, you know friday and hadn't been or you know because if it was going to graduation on saturday she probably didn't work that day but uh you know she hadn't had time to go by the bank put it in the bank probably so i don't know to me, first of all, this is kind of weird to me because I'm knocking on the door, I'm not going into somebody's house. No. And I'm definitely not going in the house and start digging through their purse.
0: No. Uh-huh. Whether
1: they're there or not. It's yeah. It's kind of weird to me.
0: It's very weird. Now, Dale, while all the people were in the house, when Susie and Stacy's friends were there, they were just sort of looking around at stuff, and they were kind of tidying up. I guess they would washed some dishes, they had uh, emptied some ashtrays, and they would also even repaired a blind a window blind that was kind of bent yeah it looked like somebody had been looking out of it Mm -hmm. while they were there this was before they left to go to the water park but while they're all in the house, the phone rang, Dale, mm-hmm. and Janelle answers the phone.
1: Yeah, well, she said, you know, later that she thought maybe the girls that had walked somewhere, maybe to go get something to eat or something.
0: Or yeah. maybe got some breakfast or something. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I mean, that's kind of weird, too, because you just know that there are purses here. So, <laughs> and you already looked at them, apparently, so you know there are their stuffs here. But anyway, she thought it might be them calling for some reason.
0: And another thing that was odd, too, that uh, Cheryl, she was the mom. She was a chain smoker. Mm-hmm. And... Her cigarettes were there at the house. Yep, and she, they was been reported that she does not go anywhere without her cigarettes. Yeah, basically,
1: said if she went from one room to the other, she was taking them with her.
0: Yeah, I mean it was like I guess with us with our cell phones nowadays. Yeah,
1: and I think Susie was also a smoker. and She, she was wasn't quite as bad as her mom, but she was pretty close to say. Yeah, and hers was there too. It, all, it was, it's kind of odd. Just this, this, this case really reminds me a lot of um, of the Kim Raymer story, you know where. Not really the I mean the story story, but as far as in going in the house and everything's there, and everything looks nice, and everything's there, but the but the people, yeah, so it's a lot of just a
0: disappearance, man,
1: yeah, weird,, mm-hmm. and everything looks nice and neat, nobody stole the money, nothing you know it's crazy,
0: yep, and the t v was on
1: and the t v was on,
0: Yeah. it and was it,
1: just a uh, snow or fuzz or whatever you want to call it, just static,
0: just a yeah. white static screen, yeah,
1: like it, maybe they'd watched a movie or something and uh or somebody was using the VCR in the movie, quit. Yeah. you know If you know what VCRs are.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or just on a channel that didn't, didn't, wasn't any service at all.
1: Right. Well, it's not like that anymore, so people don't know nothing about it. No, uh-uh.
0: Yeah. But now, getting back to what we said earlier, while they were there, the phone rang. Right. And Janelle answers the phone. And there was a male voice on the other end, and he made some lewd sexual comments.
1: Yeah, according to her, nobody knows really. Yeah. Her. Yeah, and so she hung
0: up. She just sort of brushed it off as somebody trying to make a, I guess, a prank call.
1: Yeah, you know, because back then, you know, everybody, you know, I'm sure we all did it. I did.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we used to call.
1: No, I don't think I called and made lewd comments, but you know, we used to call people and make prank calls.
0: Call yeah, we used to call the KFC and say, ask them if they had chicken legs. They say, yes, we do. they we'll stay behind the counter so nobody'll see them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so yeah, we made chicken. We made um uh, prank calls. Yeah. Oh Lord, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Or call, the, or call the grocery store and ask him if he had Prince Albert again. Yeah, let him yeah, out. Yeah, he might smother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, we done our share of prank calls.
1: Your refrigerator running? Yeah. Oh, you better go catch it. Yeah. We, okay. This was
0: before caller ID.
1: Yeah, you can get away with that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now after there, sorry, after we got <laughs> sidetracked there, but anyway, after the first time she hangs up, said, you know, what the hell, and then the phone rings again. She picks it up again and it's the same voice so he starts in the same thing and she just hangs the phone back up. Mhm. So it's kind of weird. Yeah.
0: Okay, now during all this time, Stacy's mom Janice was trying to find out where Stacy was. Right. She had called Janelle's house and couldn't get a hold of her there.
1: So yeah, so she said that she went to the water park to find Janelle because they and said, you know, what's going on so well, we don't know we couldn't find anybody so they just figured that maybe they had already left to go to the water park Mm -hmm. and so she asked her where it was and that's how she found out where the house was and then they went back later and got there that evening and that's when she got to the house
0: yeah about nine o'clock that night
1: yeah yeah yeah. it was way later Mm -hmm. so
0: so yeah janelle and all them they went to the water park because you know you just had plans you had plans correct yeah
1: so they thought maybe i guess they maybe thought somebody come by and picked them up or something since everybody's car was still there Mm -hmm. i mean they're all three cars are at the house
0: yep yes now janice this was stacy's mom Mm -hmm. she also visited the house after making several attempts to reach her daughter by phone and she noticed in the house when she was in there all three women's purses were sitting on the floor
1: right same thing she walks in all the purses there Mm -hmm. just trying to figure out what the hell's going on dog's still there
0: and she also noticed her daughter's clothing was neatly folded from the night before.
1: Yep, yeah, laced on top of her sandals. Noticed that her jewelry was in the pockets of her shorts. Yes. So they knew that the, the girls had made it home. Mm-hmm. They, uh, their stuff was there. Pretty much everything was there except for her underwear and a T-shirt that she was wearing. Yep. So, I mean, her keys, her pocketbook, her shoes, her jewelry, everything. Even uh, her, uh, I think she had some medicine there too, maybe mm-hmm. or something. But anyway, everything was there except them.
0: Yep, and this is when she noticed that. Cheryl and Susie left their cigarettes,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and this is when Janice called the police because back then I think she had said in an interview that this was when nine one one had just gotten implemented. Yep, and they told them not to call nine one one unless there was a an emergency.
1: Yeah, she was scared to call nine one one.
0: Yeah, so she called four one one to get the number for the police department. Correct. That's when they told her, said just call nine one one. But anyway, she got the police department and mm-hmm. was telling them that that her daughter was missing. They need somebody needs to come out. And this is when she was at the house that she noticed the answer machine. Mm-hmm. The light was blinking on it. Correct. And she listened to the answer machine, and she listened to a strange message, and it was uh, like a the ones from before. Yeah, similar to the ones in hurt. Yeah, the lewd sexual content. Right. But somehow this message got erased from the tape right. yeah I don't know what happened I've heard it different ways that once the message was heard or listened to it was deleted which I I kind of doubt you'd not have to yeah because
1: then I would assume, well maybe not but most answer machines then it was on like a cassette tape yeah now this may have been when they first got the digital ones out or whatever a little but yeah it's kind of weird
0: internal memory kind of thing
1: yeah exactly mm-hmm but I guess, I mean, and if you don't know what an answer machine was, little it was just a little thing hooked to your phone back then when you just landline phones. And when you called, and it would ring so many times, and it would click on, and then you have one tape would play your outgoing message, hello, whatever, nobody's here, leave a message, and then the other tape would kick on and record whatever the person calling said. Yeah. And then it would blink a light saying you had a message.
0: But now Stacy's mom and dad, they were there, and they contacted the police in reference to Stacy's disappearance. And this was more than 16 hours after these women were last seen, Dale. And the police later estimated that this crime scene had been corrupted by 10 to 20 people who had visited Cheryl's house during that time.
1: Well, you know, because nobody texts and you know, whatever stuff then, so everybody just came by to see what was going on.
0: Well, you know, and really, do you really consider any place a crime scene? No,
1: not unless, I mean, there's no blood and guts everywhere, you know, or nothing like that. Yeah. You know, I know that's a little extreme, but...
0: Bullet holes or anything? Yeah,
1: there's nothing there that says, oh, shit, this is a crime scene, you know? Mm-hmm. It just, you know, I mean, it's just like the, the Kimberly one, you know? Yeah. You don't know. When you don't know, you don't know. And that's why, I mean, of course, I never, like I said before, I never would have went in the house to begin with. And I damn sure wouldn't go in there and start cleaning up and washing dishes and emptying their ashtrays and fixing stuff. mm it just It's just weird to me yeah. how everything happened, but, you know, it's a different time and place.
0: Yeah. But now, when the officers got there, the scene showed no signs of a struggle except for the exterior porch-like globe that we talked about
1: earlier. It was already being cleaned
0: up. Yeah. And, you know, many of you have talked about this, and I don't know if that porch-like globe is significant or not. Yeah
1: well it's there's something to it but i don't know if it means anything i don't don't think it'd been laying there for days you know i don't they wouldn't have been walking over it i wouldn't think Mm -hmm. if the whole house is immaculate then she's not going to leave a busted glass on the front porch you know it could have just got but you know and i don't know i've been thinking about that what did it do you know of course you know when you get to thinking about what's going on and how how else all went down yeah it could come into play later i guess but I was going to say, you know, maybe they just busted it to get somebody to come outside, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or whoever did whatever, because they got them out of the house somehow.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: So, I don't know. But that seems a little bit extreme. Uh, I don't know.
0: Makes me wonder if they could have just got that glass out of that dumpster, took that dumpster and picked it apart.
1: Yeah, but what would they find?
0: I don't know. I mean, they were so interested in that glass (laughs) from that globe. But, I mean. Hair fiber or something, hair or fibers or something or some kind of.
1: When we looked, you know, at the house, it, it was pretty high up, so I wouldn't think it was a. Uh, they hit it with their hand to leave a fingerprint or like, I mean, I don't, you know, hit it with their head or nothing. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's just a, it's a shame they just went in there and destroyed the, the whole thing without knowing what they were doing.
0: But this is when the police took a report and they were going to file a missing persons report. Yes. And this is when they started with the house and they treated it like a crime scene.
1: Well, yeah, they did. They declared it missing persons, but. It also could be with the with foul play. Yeah. And that way they could get more stuff going right away yeah. as far as it being a crime scene and everything.
0: And they could not recover the message from the answering machine. Mm-mm. They said there wasn't no way they could get that back. So this when the police they got to dig in a little deeper into the background of the women to see if they could find anything you know on them. Yeah. And this when they found something odd on the bookshelf in Susie's room. And they found that there was a lot of things about devil worship and satanic stuff when they were looking into it and
1: like what did they say
0: no they said just drawings and different things and this is when the police discovered that Susie streeter had dated a bad boy who had been arrested for being a part of a grave robbing gang (laughs) this is when um they had broken into a mausoleum and they took the gold teeth out of some skulls.
1: Yeah, I think they took the skulls and some other stuff and, like, put them in a tree and stuff, but that's how they got uh, caught is one of the kids popped the gold teeth out and tried to sell them in a pawn shop.
0: So they had to bust in the mausoleum, bust open the, the vaults and open the mouth and pull out the teeth.
1: Well, they took the whole head. Yeah. And they they'd put them in a tree Is that end up where they had found them, bones and stuff, but, yeah, that's where how they got caught. The one guy pried some gold out of the teeth and then took them to the pawn shop. Yeah, got busted.
0: And uh, I think he got $30 for the gold. Mm-hmm. And this one, the... So
1: what, the pawn shop guy mm-hmm. bought the gold and then called the cops?
0: Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? So really, he was just out 30 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> But yeah. But they say that Susie was so disgusted by this that that's when she broke up with him.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, well I well, know. So she still kept his weird drawings in her room? And- I
0: guess. But the theory was that they always suspected Susie of being the one that turned them in and got them charged for the grave robbing.
1: Yeah, so they're thinking maybe, what, these kids are mad and that's a motive for them? Uh, yeah. Or something? Yeah, because they thought uh, she was going to testify, I think.
0: Yeah, at one of the trials. Right. But it, the, actually, the trial was just a few months away. Mm-hmm. But they think that uh, maybe this was just a way to shut her up. It's a little
1: extreme. And and, killed, get rid of three people. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. But the uh, Springfield police tracked down the young men who deny any involvement. Right. And they was pretty cooperative. They submitted DNA and everything and took polygraphs, and they all passed, and they were cleared. That's the first?
1: Yeah. You don't really hear this much as far as uh, taking a polygraph and cleared. No. No.
0: There was just a couple weeks that passed, and they were still no word from Stacy, Susie, or Cheryl. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. And just as the, I guess, things were sort of fading and— uh, there was a person that called in and said she thought she saw Susie streeter or a person looking like Susie driving the van yeah
1: this, and this, this is a weird thing too. yeah
0: this female caller says that she saw Susie the morning she went missing driving an older model avocado green panel van and the van was seen two miles away from where Cheryl's house was. The caller also tells the police that Susie looked scared.
1: Well, they said that she was what? She was out on the front porch that morning, drinking her coffee, right? Yeah. And this was
0: between 6:30 and
1: 7. 6:30 and 7. And we did go back and look and see when sunrise was, and it was like 5:15 to 5:30 on that day. So it would have been a little bit daylight, yes. Mm-hmm. But she said she saw him pull up in the driveway, and the girl looked like she had been crying a lot. Upset. Upset. She could see a a birthmark on her cheek because Susie had one, but she usually kept it covered up with makeup. But at this point, Mm -hmm. said she saw that, and then she heard somebody in the back that you couldn't see say, "Don't do nothing stupid. Just turn around. Just turn around and go the other way, or something something similar to that." Yeah. So I don't know, man. If you're sitting on your front porch and somebody pulls up, you have to be hawk eyes hell to see all that. Yeah. To me, it just seems a little over overkill.
0: Yeah. But the police, they've seen this to be very credible. And they actually bought a similar van and had it painted up the same way and parked it in front of the police station. Right. Hoping it would sort of shake someone's memory Mm -hmm. about the van.
1: Now, you know, I get it. You know, maybe she saw a girl in there, but I mean, she added a lot of details. It was kind of hard for me to believe you could see from sitting on the front porch. Mm Mm-hmm. Unless she had like a two-foot driveway or something.
0: Yeah. But they got all kinds of Tips and theories. People calling in from space aliens to human trafficking to everything. Right. And there was a lead that a guy who was a notorious criminal out of Webster County may have taken them, raped them, and chopped them into pieces and fed them to the pigs. Mm. There was even another theory. Another theory. Yeah. Yep.
1: But you know, I mean, I guess everybody's got something they think you know what happened. I don't know. It's just weird.
0: Yep. Now during this time, there was a tip that comes all the way from Florida, Dale. And this is the one that shakes the cops up a little bit. Hmm. This is uh, a guy named Robert Craig Cox. Now, <laughs> this dude was a highly trained Army Ranger. And even he was even once named Soldier of the Year. And he had believed that he was responsible for a homicide of a girl in Florida. Mm-hmm. And he had actually been convicted and sentenced to death for the brutal murder of 19-year-old Sharon Zellers. What it was, uh, Robert and his family, they were there at Disney World celebrating his uh, graduation from Army Ranger School. Hmm. And they had been to Disney World and stuff, and I think he went out that night on his own. Yes. And he had uh, come across uh, Sharon Zellers, and Sharon worked at Disney World. And she just so happened to be filling in that night for a coworker that wasn't able to work, so she just filled in their spot. Hmm. And I think he hooked up with her or kidnapped her or something. But anyway, he attempted to rape her, and I guess during the rape, she bit his tongue.
1: Yes, about an inch. Yeah, off.
0: Yeah, bent it off. Actually, severed a, an artery in his yeah. tongue. Yeah, a major artery. Yeah, and this when he gets back to the hotel and he sees his mom and dad and he just covered in blood man Mm -hmm. up and down and they take him to the hospital and try to get him help and he tells them that he got in a fight at a skating rink yeah and a a black guy hit him and then when he hit him he bit his tongue accidentally
1: right but they knew from the way it looked like it was torn and looked like it was bit from the other other side that he was lying
0: yeah it looked like somebody had bit it right yeah but I think they fixed his tongue, and he was okay.
1: Yeah. Now, they found that girl later. Yes. Know, and but uh, and it was basically everything was going on. It was really, really close to the, the hotel.
0: Yeah, it wasn't far, like a, down in a sewer.
1: But it was uh, already too uh, decomposed to really tell a lot of details, and they definitely didn't find a piece of tongue in her mouth or
0: nothing. No. But there was never enough evidence to say that, that he was actually involved.
1: Well, they, they convicted him, and then uh, Supreme Court uh, down there overturned it, right?
0: Yeah, because there wasn't enough evidence. Right. To mm-hmm.
1: put him on death row, so he got go. And then he went to Texas.
0: Yep. So everybody's asking, what's his connection to the Springfield Three, these three women from Springfield? Mm-hmm. But uh, actually, Cox's family was from Springfield, Missouri. Yes. And once he was released... His uh, conviction was overturned. He had to go back to California to finish a sentence there. And then when he got out there, Dale, that's when he went, moved back home to Springfield. Correct. And he was actually worked at a car dealership as a mechanic that Stacy's dad worked at. Yes. Yeah. So there's a little bit of connection there. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, they'd say there was really a huge dealership, and it is possible that n- neither ever saw each other, but you know how that is mm-hmm. so it was just it's possible but and she had been to the dealership several times to take her dad lunch and stuff so it's also possible that he did see her
0: mm-hmm. but now like we said this robert craig he was highly decorated highly skilled army ranger but he had a terrible past of abducting young women mm-hmm. and he was also suspected of a brutal murder like we said that was later cleared and through investigation he became a person of interest In this Springfield 3 case. And cops learned that Robert Cox moved to Springfield just weeks before Stacy, Susie, and Cheryl mysteriously disappeared, man. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy. So the cops call him in for questioning. Oh, yeah. And a lot of things didn't add up. And the biggest problem is when they had him in for questioning, his girlfriend gives him an ironclad alibi. Mm -hmm. And she claimed that they were at church.
1: Mm, she was, you know, he was with me the whole time.
0: Yep. So it couldn't have happened. He wasn't there. It couldn't have happened. But then Robert Cox is arrested again, this time in Texas for aggravated robbery. Now, the girlfriend he had to give him the alibi, she's singing a different tune now, dude.
1: Yeah, she went back and recanted.
0: Yeah. She's claiming that she had no idea where Robert Cox was the night that the Springfield Three went missing. Yeah and he was charged down in Texas, and he is actually currently serving prison time in texas
1: yeah when uh with an interview with um this lady's daughter now currently you know but she's much older now than she was at the time i don't think she was 12 or something at the time. Mm-hmm. anyway she said that uh, they were talking about it and said you know why did you say that and she said she was scared you know he, he had told me to say it so that's what i said mm-hmm and she said, well, heck, Mom, we don't even go to church. <laughs> yeah. Like So how the hell could they not figure that out real quick? So I don't know. There's a lot of what-the-hell moments in this this case. Yeah. But, you know, really, if you think about it, how unless he just happened to run across them, because, you know, no, they, they weren't where they were supposed to be two or three different. They changed their plans so many times, it's not like somebody was stalking them down. Yeah. Unless they just maybe run across them on their way back to the house
0: that was the only thing that could happen right yeah he just happened to see him driving a down the road because one was following the other and they both had red cars right and it would stand out mm-hmm. and at the time he was working as a, a gas repairman maintenance something working for the city as a gas man yeah yeah and it's even believed that he could have uh had a ruse to say that there was a gas leak
1: yeah this guy he's pretty shady and he he's even in later interviews he's even said well you know the way i'd do it i just went up knocked her on the door and told him we had an, an issue with the with the gas line yeah i mean that would be an easy way to get them all out of the house for sure mm-hmm. especially with no shoes and everything i mean because if you think about it all she had was a t-shirt and her, her underwear on she's definitely not going somewhere on her own free will just to go romping around her in panties yeah so i don't know that that would be a way to get them out of the house You know, a lot of people said, you know, uh, one person couldn't do it, but one person could do it if they had a gun and and know how. And this dude's pretty shady.
0: Yeah, but now the case cools off again, and it may have stayed that way if it hadn't been for a freelance journalist named Kathy Baird, who is uh, from Springfield, Missouri. And this is when uh, she brought in a guy who had some ground-penetrating radar. And there were some tips that came in saying that the women were buried beneath a, a hospital parking lot. This is Cox Hospital, which has no relation to Robert Cox. But they just, um, after the women went missing, they actually put in this parking lot. Mm-hmm. And she had a guy come out with ground-penetrating radar and search that area. Well, I think
1: the, the hospital was already, you know, under construction and going on it was mm-hmm. an ongoing thing while this happened Yep, he wasn't built later
0: yeah but uh the man she hires he was actually part of uh nine eleven there on uh ground zero in new york helping find bodies with his equipment so he's got a pretty good reputation of
1: well, that would be way later though right yeah yeah
0: but you know he he had a reputation well later he had a reputation but i guess that's what he did for a living so hmm. Um, he had the equipment to be able to, to find this stuff. And uh, he'd been known to find, like, hidden graves before. Correct. Yeah. So he was uh, searching this area, and then this is when he found some anomalies under the ground, under the the uh, concrete. Yes,
1: three of them. Yeah. Two parallel, and one perpendicular to the other. Mm-hmm. And he, you can't say exactly what it is, but to him it said it looks like graves. From what he'd seen before, he yeah, said, so "This is exactly what I see when I go over old graves." Yeah, but the cops are saying that the timeline just just don't add up. They don't think it's possible, and I think even the hospital had even just said, "Hell, go ahead and dig it up." You know, they they gave their their blessing to to go ahead and uh, dig up the parking lot, but they still never did it. No, they, don't, they don't believe it's possible. Mm-mm. And I figure it's a it's a money thing.
0: It could be All right, but this case is still unsolved, man. But you know, going back to the um, the lady that saw the um, supposedly Susie driving the van, mm-hmm. you know, and said she could see the birthmark on her face. Well, you know, Stacy covered up that birthmark with makeup Always, to hide it. Yep. But when they were searching the house, they found washcloths that where they'd washed their face and washed their makeup off.
1: Yeah, that's what I say. You know, it could be possible, but I just I don't know. Yeah, it's just odd to me. Yeah. You know, and even even her brother was named a suspect at one time
0: mm-hmm. because they'd had a falling out.
1: Yeah, he was he had a problem with alcohol. He had moved out, and I think he had he see he had moved out before. He'd come back, and then him and a, a girl had got together and they had their place. And then when they had to break up, he'd came home again. Mm-hmm. And uh, they he stayed there for some, but his mama just didn't like to drink, and so him and uh, Susie had got their got an apartment together. And then they had a falling out. Was also alcohol involved? I think she had came home and he was partying pretty late and had the had the radio up loud and kind of got into it there. And she decided to go back home and then it just that has been apart ever since. So, but anyway, he had they had thought it was him for a while, but he he was cleared as well. Yeah. So it wasn't him, but it was just they didn't treat him too good before then.
0: Yeah, I think when they brought him in, I mean, he was really distraught over this. They could tell he was very cooperative and was very interested in the case, and that ruled him out pretty quick. He, yeah. They could tell he was really, it hit him hard.
1: Yeah, he said that uh, when they brought him in and asked him what was going on, if he had talked to, seen his mom or his sister, said he hadn't seen him in three months. Yeah. And then after that, he said he would go back twice a day, go on his lunch break, and he would go after work just to see what they were doing and make sure they were doing everything they could do to find him.
0: hmm yeah he was pretty upset Mm -hmm. and uh there actually was a an online blog that was created uh, called the streeter family blog and bart actually started this uh blog but he since turned the blog over to his daughter d and she maintains that blog Mm -hmm. online which is pretty interesting and there was also a podcast that was launched in 2021 called the springfield three a small town disappearance i think it's what a eight ten part project yeah it's really really good it's really in depth a lot of interviews a lot of insight from the some of the friends and family
1: yeah i think a lady who actually was a a journalist and is actually from that area had went back and and done all this it's really good Mm -hmm. and i suggest if you want to take a deep dive into this case to check that out yeah But, you know, I mean, there was even, like, a guy who called in and said that uh, him and a friend were at a a Girl Scout camp. Yeah. And uh, they were out in the woods. And while they were out there, this van, he said, it just kind of showed up out of nowhere while they were out there. And they kind of hid in the woods and watched and said it was three guys got out. And they had the three girls. And then they took one of them down. And then the other ones, they raped the other ones. And I don't know, did they kill them there, they said? I think they said they killed him and then threw yeah. him back in the van yeah. and left. And uh, he said they sat there in the woods for about four hours waiting to make sure that they were gone because they, they damn sure they didn't want to be seen. And then the guy who actually took him out to the woods uh, killed himself later. But they said, you know, this really bothered him, you know, forever. It's really scarred him up and said it must have bothered the other guy pretty well, too, you know, for yeah. him to kill himself. But,
0: yeah, they were young. They were, what, about 15 at the time yeah. when that happened? Yeah. And it, it bothered it,
1: them bad. So, but they, uh, they're... They can't prove it. Anything happens, so nothing really goes... They don't go anywhere with that, but that is a pretty interesting theory. Mm-hmm. That's something more could be, you know, if, if the van theory is true. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and the woman who saw the... Apparently saw the the van pull up in her in her yard said that they, they were kind of going the wrong way to go out on the highway in the van, and that's why they had to turn around in her yard. Mm-hmm. And that would make sense if, you know, off the road there where... Um, the new house if she didn't know her way around the the neighborhood to get back out yeah because you said it was a pretty pretty good sized neighborhood you know so that would that would make sense why she was pulling her in in there and turning around if we're going the wrong way and then he makes them drive herself out to the woods or something i don't know yeah this whole thing just gets me yep because there's really a lot to it but nothing at all
0: i think there was a paper boy that actually saw a van too and he described it as being brown instead of green.
1: Yeah, and I think over the years it's been brown and green and white. And, mm mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people seen a lot of vans. It'd been uh, pretty bad to be driving a van at that, that time.
0: Yeah. If, if you yeah. drove a van like that, you got stopped probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. But this case is still unsolved today, dude.
1: Yeah, I think we got over like 10,000 tips coming in. You know, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. This has been like, it's been 30 years and three months, I think, since this happened, and there's nothing. Yeah. We don't have nothing but some pile of glass. That's it.
0: Yeah. Sad case. It is a sad case. Yeah. And I mean, nothing like this that ever happened in Springfield, Missouri. Oh, no. But uh, me and you talked about this off and on, and uh, we never could find out what happened to the dog Cinnamon.
1: No, and we're always curious about that. I and mean, I know a lot of you guys always wonder, too. And we try to find out in any case that there's a dog involved or a dog got left or. Or whatever, to find out why actually having the dog but on this one, I hadn't heard a word. No,
0: don't know why I'm doing it.
1: Nope. So I hope somebody took him in. Maybe
0: maybe Bart took the dog. Maybe. Hopefully. Maybe Janice took him. I yeah. Uh, in June of 1997, there was a bench that was dedicated to the women. This was inside the victim's memorial garden in Springfield, Phelps Grove Park.
1: Yeah, yeah Janice said a bunch of them went in and chipped in. she said, and it's really not the bench, but it's not my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hmm.
0: Crazy man.
1: Yeah, I feel bad for. Yeah. I mean, you know somebody knows something, you know, unless they're dead already, but it's been 30 years and poor lady. And one last closer at all.
0: One last thing on this Robert Cox. He's in prison. Yeah. But he is saying that he will tell what's up with these women when his mama dies.
1: Yeah, he said they're well, he says they're all dead and buried. He knows where they're buried or something like that.
0: Yeah. But he will uh tell everything he knows when his mama dies she's now. in her 80s now so maybe
1: oh yeah his his uh actual quote was yeah but i just know that they're dead and that's not my theory mm-hmm. i just know that yep and uh he won't tell it to his mama passes his mother is 82 now yeah but you know he's up for parole in uh 2025
0: just a few years yeah yeah
1: so now according to the to the lady who used to to uh to date robert her daughter who'd done that interview you know she said well that sounds like something he would say because he likes to be the one of attention and be mr mysterious but he also could know what he's talking about yeah because he's just that kind of guy so maybe he did do it but i
0: don't know yeah it's pretty compelling on him
1: he's 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 the major suspect if, if you know of all the players that are that we know of yeah and you know i don't know it could have been something random but i don't know it's just why wouldn't you take the money i mean if you were you know if you were just the random guy breaking in
0: go I mean, through the pocketbooks get the money yeah
1: i mean at least get the nine hundred dollars in cash you know yeah i don't know it's just a weird thing that that nothing was gone they didn't take a thing but the but the people yeah all three of them
0: like kimberly Raymer. exactly it's crazy there's really no different like you said
1: yeah, it's, it's really weird how, how similar they are. I mean, I know they're different, but it's really similar. I mean, we got weird phone calls. hmm I mean, everything.
0: Yeah. Strange case, man. Yeah. Anyway, that is the story of the Springfield Three. That is it. Yep. Cheryl Levitt, Susie Streeter, and Stacy McCall.
1: Yep. I was say I could find something and get some closure for that lady.
0: Yep. Mm. And Bart. I mean, I hate it for Bart. Yeah, man. I was in yeah. an interview with him, and he's just.
1: I tell you what, that interview about took me out. I was like, ooh, I'm about to get the tissue.
0: Yeah. If you have a chance, listen to that podcast. Yeah, it's good. Yep. It really is. All right, dude, we're going to get out of here. Let's roll. We want everyone to be safe, be careful, and always be aware of your surroundings.
1: Because the next episode could be about you.
0: This is the the Crack House Chronicles.
1: Chronicles.